Good morning. Welcome to our worship service. In the name of the Lord, thank you for being here. And thank you for all of you online who are watching us. We appreciate that very much. I'm Mike Scott, and I'm one of the group of elders here at Trinity Lutheran. Pastor Brian and Jane are off somewhere celebrating somebody's birthday, I believe. So we hope they're having a great time. Our message today is from the book of 1 Peter, chapters 4 and 5. We don't like to suffer. In fact, there are times when we feel the slightest pain we start feeling like we are being persecuted. We would much rather have God shatter those we perceive to be our enemies than allow us to deal with anything resembling suffering. When God deals with our enemies, then, we will sing God's praises. But sometimes life is hard, and sometimes it is hard because we are Christians. And our adversary, according to 1 Peter 5.8, is the devil who prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Jesus once said, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This same Jesus prayed for us, that our Holy Father would keep us in his name. He knew suffering and is now experiencing glory. When we suffer because of our Christian faith, we share Christ's suffering. And because he suffered, died, and rose again, we too will share that experience and join him in his glory. Please rise as we sing our first song. Children are safe in your 
We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Alleluia! Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia! Let us confess our sins to God our Father, confident that he will hear and forgive us for Jesus' sake. Most merciful God, we confess that we have not always been proud to bear your name. At times we crumble in the face of the trials that come our way. We allow worries and anxieties to crowd out your caring presence. Keep us in your name, which you have given us in baptism, and forgive us our sins, for Jesus' sake. Our God hears our prayers and forgives our sins because of Jesus' perfect life, death, and resurrection. At the command of Christ and through the power of the cross and the empty tomb, I announce to you the forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace.
we read responsibly from the Psalms. I will sing of steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord. I will make music, make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. I will sing of steadfast love and justice. To you, O Lord, I will make music. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen.
feast of victory for our God. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O King of glory, Lord of your church, you suffered on the cross and defeated death and the devil for us. Make us one as you and the Father are one. Unite us with you and as your body, the church, in suffering and celebration, that the world may be drawn to you and the power of resurrection. For you are risen and reign eternally with the Father and the Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Good morning. Our first reading is from Acts. Chapter 1, verses 12 through 26. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath's day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these were with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was, all in, was all, in all about 120. And he said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in the ministry. Now this man bought a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called, in their own language, Akeldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, May his camp become desolate, and let there be no one to dwell in it, and let another take his office. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. This is the word of the Lord. Christ has risen from the dead. God, the Father, has 
He has given him dominion over the works of his hands. Our epistle reading is from 1 Peter chapter 4, 12 through 9, and chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. But let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around you like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Alleluia. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 17th chapter. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorify you on earth having established the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. 
I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In today's message, we will be viewing Peter's, Peter's teachings through the lens of history, some of it ancient and some more recent. In earlier centuries, the Roman church was the main governmental authority. They had the power to sentence people to death and carried out those sentences. It was so common that we rarely take much note of particular cases. So I wonder if we should take note of one particular case. We're talking here about people who were condemned and killed by the church as heretics. And we can look back and see that some of them were actually martyrs for the Christian faith. On July 1st, 1523, two Augustinian monks were burned to death in Brussels, Belgium by the Catholic Inquisition. Their names were Heinrich Vos and Johann Esch. What was the crime that caused them to be sentenced to such a cruel death? They were teaching the heretical doctrines taught by one of their Augustinian brothers, a man named Martin Luther. These were the first men killed by the Roman church for teaching Lutheranism. Luther himself was facing a similar fate if he were to be caught. He was so overcome when he received word of their death that he did something he had not done before. He wrote a hymn, A New Song Shall Be Begun. It was published in a pamphlet and soon all across Europe people were learning about the heroism of Heinrich and Johann as they died, proclaiming their trust in the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Their suffering for Christ became glorious as they are to this day recognized as the first blood martyrs of the Reformation. Even in our day, their sacrifice is sung as a greatly shortened two-stanza version of this, Luther's first hymn, called Flung to the Heedless Winds. I'm not going to sing it for you. It's this sort of persecution Peter describes as a fiery trial coming upon us because of our faith. But let's face it, it seems a little strange for us in our country today to think about persecution, doesn't it? We in this country aren't likely to be burned at the stake or thrown to the lions or beheaded for being Christians. I say in this country because there are still places in the world today where it is considered not only acceptable but commendable to murder Christians by whatever gruesome means they choose. And that makes it tougher than we'd like to admit, I'm afraid, to get our heads around our text this morning. Yet, Peter begins, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. The fact is that persecution of Christians in one form or another has been the normal state of affairs throughout most of the history of the church. From the very beginning, new Christian converts from Judaism were subject to insults, being ostracized by their families, having their property and even their businesses stolen from them. Many, like Stephen, 
suffered severe punishment from Jewish zealots. The most notable of these being Saul of Tarsus. His name struck fear into the hearts of, the, of all the new believers. His reputation as a persecutor of Christians was widespread, at least until his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, after which he became Paul the Apostle. Peter is writing from Rome a few years before the end of his life. The major persecutions by the Roman Empire had not yet begun. But Peter is anticipating that day. He is warning his fellow believers, particularly his fellow pastors, that they need to be prepared. See, Peter makes the point that persecution should not be viewed as strange. Rather, persecution is the normal state of affairs. Those who are of the devil, the world, and the sinful flesh will always hate those who trust in Christ. We in America have experienced something quite unusual. We were founded as a Christian nation, and until recently Christians were in the majority. But even here today, we see Christians persecuted for their beliefs. How often are political candidates mocked in the press if they are creationists? You know, those Christian nuts who believe the Bible is literally true regarding the creation of the heavens, the earth, and even mankind. Oh, wait. Don't we as Lutherans profess the inerrancy of Scripture? And how often are politicians put down in the press if they are pro-life or oppose same-sex marriage as being unbiblical? Now, I suppose you can almost understand the attacks coming from non-believers. But are we sometimes dismissed by other Christians for not agreeing with their viewpoint on one doctrine or another? Yes, sometimes the persecution comes from others who are supposed to be our brothers and sisters in Christ. I try to keep in mind where those people would be were it not for Martin Luther and the huge debt the whole Protestant church owes to him. God has a purpose in allowing such persecutions. These trials, Peter says, are to test you. There's a sense here that sufferings purify the Christian. Because we are always sinners, we are never pure enough. Christ is always striving to purify our hearts and our minds. The Christian in standing firm shares in Christ's life and death. We suffer and die with Christ. And this fellowship never ends, but continues into eternity. The devil will use such persecutions as a trick. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Satan prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But this roaring lion only creates fear to drive his prey into the clutches of the hunting lions of this world. But the devil is a toothless lion. He cannot actually harm us. He roars loudly to create fear. He would use such fear to get us to deny Christ. But God is also using fiery trials for a purpose, his purpose. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, 
you are blessed because the spirit of the Lord and glory and of God rests upon you. Strange as it may seem, it's actually a great blessing to be counted worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. Suffering, however, is not in itself to be viewed as a good thing. Peter isn't speaking here of physical ailments or the like. He's speaking of things that are being done to us by others. In Peter's day, this would have included floggings, imprisonment, and even being put to death. Peter himself would experience all these. But these things could be done to a person for other reasons. If one was a thief, they would be punished according to the law. This is not a blessing. This is not a good thing. It is just retribution against a person for committing a crime. Christians should not be criminals. Committing crimes is not how we show love for our neighbor. So Peter is clear to make this distinction. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. If one is arrested because he's a criminal, this is to be seen as shameful and the punishment just. But if one is arrested simply because he or she is a Christian, this is worthy of praise before God. Strangely enough, some early Christians took Peter's words and the words of the other apostles so to heart that they would go out of their way to be arrested and even put to death in times of persecution. While suffering for Christ is a great honor for the Christian, it is an honor we cannot seek. We must be chosen. So the early church began to teach that Christians should avoid persecution if they can do so without compromising their faith. It was wrong to be a martyr if one had the opportunity to escape. So, for example, if a person knew Christians were being arrested in his town, but not in another, he was to flee. Always, though, if confronted and arrested, he was to confess Christ. Was Peter here telling his readers to suck it up and take one for the team? No, not at all. Peter was telling the Christians of that time and the Christians of today as well that we are preserved by Christ in the face of trials. We do not preserve ourselves. Christ keeps us safe from true harm. And what is true harm? True harm is denying Christ. We cannot save ourselves. Christ must save us. If we deny him, we are lost. Peter reminds us that God is also our creator and is ever faithful to us. And Christ Jesus himself is no stranger to persecution. He offered up his life, dying in the most cruel way on the cross, so that we would never be separated from God. So we can entrust ourselves to God's care, even in the face of death. Thus, we need not lose faith. 1 Peter 13 through 19 says, Rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. 
Our sufferings are for a little, little while. The glories of heaven last forever. As we move from Easter into Pentecost, which begins next Sunday, we are reminded that the Christian is always under pressure from the world. The world does not want to be confronted with its own sin, its own inhumanity. From the time of Peter, beginning with Stephen, until the present day, Christians are under attack. It is said that more Christians have died for their belief in Christ in the 20th century than in all the previous centuries combined. The persecutions have not ended. They will never end until the return of Christ in the final judgment of this world. The world will be condemned. Those who reject Christ will be rejected by him and cast into hell. But those who stand with Christ will remain with Christ forever. We stand with Christ because Christ stands with us. All this paints a pretty bleak picture for us as Christians, doesn't it? Are we to live in fear? Not at all. If we find ourselves under Satan's attack, what can we do? Where can we run for safety? Take a moment and look around you. Go ahead. I'll wait. What do you see? Those brothers and sisters in Christ worshiping with you should be your refuge. I pray you can sense the love we feel for each other in this church. We must try to be aware when someone we see in our church every week is suddenly missing. We hope they're away on vacation, but they may be ill and are needing a visit or a phone call. But they may be suffering some kind of persecution and we must stand with them in the name of Jesus against Satan's attacks. There is good news. The good news is we will not be left to stand on our own. Our Lord never abandons us, for he is our creator and redeemer. He is the God of all grace, the one who will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish us. Amen. Please rise for the reading of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty.
and look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. We pray with boldness and confidence because we know he hears our prayers because Christ is risen. Lord Jesus, you are the Lord of the church. Watch over all who lead your people. Shape them to be men and women after God's own heart. Fuel them with your word and sacraments, and guide them to walk in your ways. We pray for our synod president, Reverend Dr. Matthew Harrison, for our district president, Reverend Michael Lang, our regional vice president, Reverend Jason Bredesen, our circuit visitor, Pastor Brian Cummins, and the servants of our congregation. Lead them as they lead us, because Christ is risen. O oh, Jesus, we pray for all who are suffering trials because of their Christian faith. Comfort them and lead them to rejoice as they share in your sufferings, that your glory is revealed because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Holy Father, we grieve the divisions in our families, communities, world, and especially in your church. Keep all your people in your name which you have given in the waters of baptism, and lead us to the unity we will experience fully with you in your kingdom, because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. O great physician, bind up the brokenhearted and heal those who are suffering in heart, soul, strength, and mind. We pray this day for those who are grieving, especially the Schrader family, after the loss of Larry, and the Apisachea family with the loss of Margaret, and ask you to give them comfort as they mourn. We pray this day for those who are suffering from illnesses, especially Christine Lowry, who is recovering from surgery. Also, Pastor Jonathan Bonke, recently diagnosed with cancer, and ask that you heal them according to your good and gracious will, because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. We trust, O Lord, in your great mercy to hear and answer us through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should, at every time, in every place, thank you, our God, who is our creator and has given your one and only Son to suffer and die for the sins of the world before rising victorious on the third day, appearing before his disciples before ascending to heaven to lead us to your glory that awaits us. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene, Peter and John, and with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing.
Blessed are you, Father of the fatherless and protector of widows, as you marched before the people of Israel. You sent your son Jesus to march before us, suffering and dying for the sins of the world. Bring us together at our Lord's table today as we eat this bread and drink this cup, proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Best do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. O Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of the Father in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated.
Please rise. Let us pray. We thank you, Jesus, for gathering us at your table as an oasis for our parched and weary souls. Strengthen us as we face fiery trials and suffering so that your glory may be revealed. For you live and rule with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. We sing our closing hymn.
Are there any announcements? I think I see some coming. Good morning, everyone. So we're resuming the stretch and strengthening classes this Thursday at 9 a.m. in the fellowship hall. We are going to start promptly at 9 and end exactly at 9.45. So come, fast, furious, fun, stretch, strengthen. Good morning. A couple of questions came up. Why aren't we using the Bibles that we used to have in the pews? Well, if you know the, the version of the Bible is RSV, and we currently use ES, ESV, English Standard Version. And so when we decided to get new Bibles, these will not go to waste. There's Obviously, the mission would take them, but I have found in my time here, there's been a couple of opportunities I've given away Bibles to those who asked for them. But we're going to have new Bibles on the pews, and we got a good price on them, $15 if you'd like to. There's no budget item right now for that, so it's contributions that will help fund that. And they're going to be on their way. Hopefully, we'll come up with the money for that. The other thing I want to remind you is that because of the busy week last week, the CARE and Evangelism Committee did not meet Tuesday, and they're meeting tomorrow. 
And there's a couple of interesting topics. And welcome to anybody. You don't have to consider yourself part of the committee. It's open to anybody who would like to attend. 5.30 tomorrow. Thank you. Good morning. Well, today is the second Sunday in the photography out uh, in the green area right here. And um, last Sunday, we had a nice turnout. We got about 25 uh, photos for the directory, and everybody looks awesome. I wanted to uh, point out that um, uh, we're putting the photos on my photography website, and uh, there'll be a link in the bulletin. Um, I also have some cards in the narthex out there. Um, but the, uh, the link to the photos so you can take a look at them and decide if that's the ones that you want to go into the directory or if you even want a copy of them uh, is tonyhoard.com slash trinitylutheran. And uh, let's see, also um, for uh, board members and elders, um, we need to take your photos separate. So, um, you know, uh, if you've already photographed with your wife uh, then or your husband, uh, then um, you have to come back and we'll take an individual picture so we can have individuals that way. So, let's see, make sure I got everything. Oh yeah, you know, I'm going to be gone. My wife and I are going to be gone next Sunday, so we're going to postpone that last Sunday for photos until the next one, which I believe is the 4th. We're close to it. So, anyways, I hope to see you out there. Uh, they're really fast. Uh, each photo takes like um, you know, 15 seconds or so. So, love to see you line up out there, and I'm honored to take your photo. Thank you. Hello. Good morning. So, I'm on. I'm here on behalf of the Vacation Bible School. Uh, for Rachel, Rachel asked me to remind all of us to uh, to see if we can, uh, if you are able to donate. Um, so we have the. She was asking for uh, donations for leftover paint, any colors. Um, so preferably, we're using um, tans and yellows and uh, whites and those sorts. Uh, boxes are always welcome. So uh, tissue paper, we need a green, uh, light green, dark green uh, tissue paper, uh, glue, packing tape, silk flowers, if you guys have all that. I mean, if you have all of them, that's fine. If you have some, that's fine. That's great, too. Um, so if anybody wants uh, anything back, please write your name on it so that we can return it afterwards. Um, so we also need garlands, uh, you know, along with the silk flowers, lion pictures, uh, because this is Babylon and that's kind of like a theme, uh, tools, uh, box cutters, scissors, and, uh, and anything else. And I believe uh, we can, uh, you can drop that off or contact Rachel or, or I or the pastor, um, you know, that you're donating it, and then we can uh, put it in the gym underneath the stairs, I believe where the stairs are. So that would be a place to put them if you need to put them someplace, like boxes and such. Um, so I also want to say that the Trinity Walkers are resuming 8.30 Tuesday um, at the Sundial Bridge, according to the weather. So I hopefully I'll see you there. 
Um, and thank you very much. <laughs> I know that's my long list. <laughs> thank you, Vicki. Another Praise Jesus. The Early Learning Center and Church Rummage Sale went very well. And my sister in Christ, Donna, and I wish to thank all of the volunteers um, that made the sale happen. It was fantastic. Uh, $3,100 was raised for the Early Learning Center. And with that, we served the community. It was quite an experience to talk to all of the people. One fellow said that um, he takes the day off from his job to come to the rummage sale. And the card that was passed out to all the people, it was written up by one of our members, and it, it's, it's a thank you from us, from the church. And it says, our trash, your treasure. But the, in, the, in the bottom it says, the real treasure we want to share with you is free. Knowing the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, this real treasure never wears out, doesn't break down, never gets lost or stolen, loves you unconditionally, is always there for you, knows all your needs. And the people really appreciated that. Thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you all for being here. I hope that you will all move to the west here and when you leave. Have some coffee and a snack and meet with your fellow Christians and have some fellowship. Go in peace. <laughs>